Again, good afternoon, Sunday School listeners. Uh, I am your host, Marcia Hightower-Simmons, and today's uh, lesson, we're going to be speaking about the truth on speaking in tongues. The Pentecostal phenomenon of speaking in tongues has created a widespread controversy among modern Christians today. Without the knowledge of the truth, which comes to an honest heart by divine revelation. Many have misunderstood the purpose of tongues. Do not be confused by theories and ideas of men. Learn the truth about this important subject. The Bible teaches three principles, principal ways in which tongues are manifested as the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit baptism, as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit in the church, and a believer's personal devotion to God. Isaiah prophesies with stampering lips and another tongue will be speak to his will he speak to his people, and you can find that in Isaiah. 28 verse 11 and the great commission Jesus said and these signs shall follow them that believe that shall speak with new tongues also you could see that in Mark 16 and 17 the wind bloweth where it listens and thou hearest the sound thereof he cannot tell whence it came and whence it goeth so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. As the sound of the wind blowing is the evidence of its presence, so is the sound of speaking in tongues evidence of the Holy Spirit baptism. And you can find that in John chapter 3, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you can find that in Acts 2 verses 1 through 4. The initial evidence of the Holy Ghost upon the 120 disciples was witnessed by devout, devoted Jews out of every nation. They said one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Then Peter preached, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And you can find that in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said of God, it will pour out of my spirit unto all living received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He hath shed forth this which uh, ye now see 
and his household spoke in tongues with the Holy Ghost. The Jews were astonished when the Galilees also was poured out the gift of the tongues, for they heard them speaking in tongues. Peter continued, the Holy Ghost fell on them at the beginning, and you can find that in Acts 11 and 15. At Ephesus, they spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost baptized them, and when Paul had laid his, laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they uh, prophesied. This prompted Simon and the sorcerer to offer this power that on whosoever he laid his hands uh, for the Holy Ghost, according to biblical signs and believers, and the experience received at uh, Bethesda and Ephesus, there should be no doubt Galatians received the Holy Ghost with the same utterance of speaking in tongues. Paul was lifted with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. So this proves that speaking in tongues was of the Holy Spirit baptism in the early church and to the biblical experience. In the Britannica 1973 edition, volume 22, page 75, it manifested itself early in the Christianity and Pentecost and Acts 2. The gift appeared as a sign of the Holy Spirit, which marked the character of Christians during later church history of speaking in tongues. This occurred in the 13th century. Little prophets of the Casmitas and Genesis and the, what is it, Irvin Knights, found also among the early Quakers, as well as converts of John Wesley and George Whitfield. Christians did not affect large masses until early in this century. Its advocates were quickly expelled from the established church whereupon they established the Pentecost churches. For 50 years, it remained the almost exclusive possession of the Pentecost church. And you can find these readings in Newsweek, June 25, 1973, on page 80. The Pentecost phenomenon has spread with surprising speed all through the world's major Christian churches. Why did God choose tongues for the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit baptism? Note the following reasons. One, who have directed the Spirit of the Lord or being his counselor have taught him. You can see that in Isaiah 40 and 13. God is sovereign to choose as he will without being accountable to anyone. Such a marvelous experience as the baptism of the Holy Ghost 
demands a marvelous evidence. So God chose to speak through the believer in a language foreign to him as the outward evidence of the marvelous infilling of the Holy Ghost. The tongue is the most unruly member of the body and full of deadly poison, which no man can tame. It is a world of iniquity and is set on fire of hell. Therefore, the tongue is capable of defiling the entire body. In James 3 and 6, before man can be fully sanctified, the tongue which defileth must be brought under control. Who can tame the tongue? James compares the tongue to the bit in a horse's mouth, which gives the driver complete control. And you can find that in James 3 and 3. So whoever controls the tongue controls the person. How beautiful is this glorious truth. God chooses tongues as evidence of the Holy Spirit baptism to symbolize his complete control of a believer. And this is important for the sanctification of the individual body. Although other signs were manifested at Pentecost, God chose tongues for the, the uniform sign of the Holy Spirit baptism. And you can find that in Acts 2, verses 2 through 4, also in Acts 10, verse 46, and also Acts 19 and 6. Jesus said that this sign shall follow every believer of the gospel. The Jews were convinced that the Gentiles at Canaan had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues. And you could see that in Acts 10, 45 and 47. Gift of tongues in the church, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And you could see that in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. Now there are uh, the gifts, but some are by the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are as follow. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, prophecies, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongue, and the interpretation of tongues. But by one and the self-same Spirit, God devised these gifts several, severally to every man as he will. And you can find that in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 11. Since the gift of tongues is a manifestation of the Spirit, it cannot operate in a person without the Holy Ghost being resistant within him. Therefore, this gift is only given to believers who have been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, evidenced by tongue speaking. The gift of tongues is different from the tongues as the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit baptism. Compare the following. These tongues differ in purpose. The gift of tongues, along with the gift of interpretation of tongues, has been given to some 
and the church to convey a message from God to the congregation as the need requires. But the tongues as evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is the believer's personal experience with God and is not designed to convey a message to the church. And you can find that in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, verse 27 and also 28. Also, these tongues differ in operation. The gift of tongues in the church is limited to two or three messages and that by course and one must interpret. But the tongues as evidence of the Holy Spirit baptism is an unlimited manifestation and requires no interpretation. Paul said that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake in tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues. Except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. And you can find that in 1 Corinthians 14 verses 4 and 5. Certainly the apostle did not try to discredit or do away with the importance of tongue because in comparison he illustrated that the less honorable members of the body are necessary and receive more abundant honor. Each gift of the Spirit has its proper time and place in the church and when tongues are interpreted they become as important as prophecy. So Paul emphasized, let all things be done unto edifying. And you can find that in 1 Corinthians 14 and 26. To edify the church, the gift of tongues must be copied with the gift of interpretation of tongues. To avoid confusion, Paul gave instructions to follow for the use of tongues and interpretation of tongues in the church. He also said, if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Paul said in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that my voice I might teach others also. Then 10,000 words in an unknown language. It is better for the edification of the church to speak five words of understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown voice. A a divinely inspired interpretation, however understandable, the importance of tongue. Poor of tongue. Poor wherefore brethren convert to prophecy and to speak with tongues. Tongues are for the sign not to them that believers have believed not. This scripture 
lead uh, discourage the speaking to men. Believers should know when the Lord speak, but as proof of the unbeliever or doubts the word of God, tongues are not manifested signs of his presence. Do all speak with tongues? The context of this scripture requires a negative use. Paul is discussing tongues as a gift of the Holy Spirit and not as evidence of the Holy Spirit in baptism. The gift of tongues is an addition to the difference with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The gift of faith is an addition to the measures of the person to be saved, compared in Romans 12 and 3. Everyone may not receive the gift of tongues, but wherein the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit recorded, all spoke in tongues. They serve as a means of his secret speaking with God and the Spirit. These tongues are not understood by men, therefore they need no interpretation. He that speaketh an unknown tongue unto men, but not unto God, for no man shall know of him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh, the Spirit itself maketh intercession, opening which cannot be uttered. I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, understanding unfruitful, what is it then? I will pray, and I will pray with the understanding as to the Holy Spirit. Tongues are also for the person and the believer. They are for self-encouragement of his spirit. Paul said, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue should not edify himself. I thank my God I speak my tongues more than ye all. How long will tongues continue to be manifested? Was it there are prophecies, they shall fall. Was it they be tongues, they shall cease. Was it they be, there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesize in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part shall be done away. And you can find that in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 through 10. The phrases, when that is perfect is come, is translated from Greek phrase to lessen the word tinlin is a singular term which refers to Jesus Christ. Bayes Greek English lexicon on page 618 defines the phrase tetelion, which is spelled T-E-L-E-I-O-N as used in 1 Corinthians 13 and 10, the perfect state of all things to be ushered in by the return of Christ from heaven. Paul said, now we see through a glass, now we see through a glass, 
darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then when that which is perfect is come, shall I know even as I am known? When the church having reached her state of perfection, stands face to face in the presence of God, there will be no need for prophecies, tongue, and knowledge. But until that which is perfect, Jesus Christ has come, that which is part will remain. And as long as there remains prophecy and knowledge, tongues shall not cease. So Paul instructed the church to come behind and no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can find that in 1 Corinthians 1 and 7. Believe the truth. The Pentecostal phenomenon is for you today. If you desire the greater experience God has offered to mankind, I urge you to repent and be baptized with the water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongue. And that is in Acts 2, verse 4, also verse 38 and 39. And that concludes our Sunday School lesson for today. Thank you.